when circumstances in our lives seems impossible. Like Nick, uh, these things will happen in our lives. Things that are impossible will happen in your life. And I'm sorry to say that, but they will happen. They will come. Jesus said it well when he said that you will go through trials for my name's sake. And he said tribulations will come. So he warned us beforehand about the difficulties that will come our way. But he also communicated to us that, hey, life is wonderful. And for most of the times, our life is, is smooth. It's doing well, and we're doing good, and it's running calm. But difficult situations will present itself. The rent might go up on you, and you're not prepared for it. You may be having a, a bad time in a relationship. Maybe you're, you just got fired and you lost your job. And finances are slim. Or maybe you're going through some uh, tough times with, with your health issues. These situations will happen. And at a moment's time, we're not prepared for it. We're not ready. And when we hit the crossroads of our lives, uh, how do we weather the storms that will go through? Our lives can be calm at one moment, and all of a sudden the storms hit us. And these situations in life reminds me of the ocean. You know, I, I love the ocean. And that's what we used to say, you know, for going to the beach. We used to say, we go ocean. And I love going to the ocean with my family. We would swim and we would fish and, and we would cook. And, and we would put some steaks on a hibachi. We would we'd put some barbecue chicken and some, some hot dogs and, and some kuelis. Um, kuelis are like abalone. They're the big OPs. And you put them on the hibachi. And then you put some chili pepper water on there with some, with some shoyu. And, and they're sizzling. And, and you oh, so good. They are. They're, they're, they're so good. But I love going to the beach, especially when it's malia, when it's calm, where the kids can enjoy and you're having fun at the beach. But the ocean, you know, God created the ocean in a wonderful way because we can be at the beach and then all of a sudden the tides can change and the waters can get really rough. Well, it's... It's just like life, isn't it? Because most of the times, the ocean is calm. And most of the time, our lives are calm. We're good. We're doing well. Everything is hunky-dory. Until the tides change on us and situations arise and we're not prepared. And the conditions seems impossible for us to pull through. But what is impossible to us is possible with God. So what do we do when circumstances of life is, it seems impossible? <clears throat> this morning we're continuing with the series, Life at Its Best. And that's the heart of God. He wants the best for His children. He wants the best for you and I. Because that's why He gave His best. We're going to go back into the Old Testament and look at how the Israelites got through their situations with, that seemed so impossible for them. 
But before they could cross over into the promised land that God promised them, these people had to go through some very trying times. And it's true, their experiences that we're going to learn three principles of how to overcome circumstances when it seems impossible. So if you got your Bibles with you this morning, would you open them up to the book of Joshua and we'll be in the third chapter. And like Pastor Sheldon said, we are trying to give a message that we're um, relating it to our reading and our reading tab. And Joshua 3, if you're not ahead, will be coming up in two days. But if you're three days ahead, for some of you, then you've already read this scripture. Joshua chapter 3. And we'll start from verse 1. And I'm reading from the New King James Version. But I'm going to give you the scenario first of all. So Moses, the leader of the Israelites, has now passed away. And, and he's given the, the laws and the commandments of God to the Israelites. So that when they cross over the Jordan, when they go into this promised land, they are to keep this, the, his laws um, when they cross over into that promised land. Well, after Moses' death, God appoints Joshua... As the new Israelite leader. What we need to remember here. Is that the Israelites were in the wilderness. For the last 40 years. And God has now raised up a new generation. 40 years they've been wandering. That's a long time. And all the time that they've been in the wilderness. They've heard of this promised land. Uh, this new generation has heard of it, but they've only heard it through their elders and through the 12 spies that uh, Moses sent out into this land to, to, to investigate on, on this land. So they've only heard the report from them and through the elders. Two of the spies came back with a positive report, but 10 of them came back with a negative report. So we're going to be in Joshua 3, starting at chapter 1. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set off from Ecclesia Grove, and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God... And the priests, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out for the place, for your place, and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. You shall command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying, When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. 
And Joshua said, By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hevites, and the Perizzites, and the Gergesites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. He forgot the termites. Hmm. Let's get back to the Word of God. <laughs> Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take for yourself twelve men from the tribes of Israel, one man from every tribe, and it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the Ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from the upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So it was, when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water. For the Jordan overflows all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zaratan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah, the salt sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel crossed over on dry ground until all the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Joshua and the nation of Israel were poised to, to enter into the promised land. They were waiting for this very moment for 40 years. And for the last three days, they've been camping at the doorway to this promised land, the Jordan River, but it's overflowing. The leaders met with Joshua, and Joshua instructs the leaders, Hey, give the people instructions. Tell them to wait until they see the Ark of the Covenant being, being carried by the priests and the Levites. And then you tell them this, and listen. Go after it. Go after it. While the Israelites were in the wilderness, the Ark of the Covenant bounced around from place to place. But it was always amongst the Israelites. In other words, God was always with them. But now they're given instructions to go after the Ark, to follow it at a distance. In other words, it was time for them to follow God. Allowing God to lead them and not just be amongst them. All the time they were in the wilderness, they were disobedient. And they were doing things their way. But God has now raised a new generation. And God wanted to fulfill His promise that He promised to the older generation. The generation before them. And He wanted to lead them to a place that they've never been 
before the promised land. And God wants to do the same with us in our difficulties. He wants to take us where we've never been before. He wants to instruct us and do new things within us. But are we humbled enough to obey Him and follow Him? Things may seem difficult because we've never passed this way before. We've never been in, situa- in this situation before. Maybe we've never experienced this circum- certain circumstance. Oh, that was hard to come out. We've never been here before. And God uses our circumstances to show us His mercies and His authority. The thing is, will we listen and will we obey and will we follow Him? Verse 4 of Joshua 3, and you could find that in your note. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it. That you may know the way by which you must go. And you have not passed this way before. The Israelites had to do something different. The Jordan River was in high tide. It was raging and it seemed too difficult for them to cross. And they needed to do something. Something they've never did before. You see, God led them through Moses. But now God himself wanted to lead them out of the wilderness. And the choice was theirs to follow him or not. They didn't have Moses anymore. Moses is now gone and passed away. And the people didn't trust Joshua at that time. He was just their new leader. But they needed to submit to God and allow God to lead them. Lead them to a place that they've never been before. They've never done that before. They always depended on Moses. This is a time to either trust God or stay in the wilderness. So here's your first point for this morning. When circumstances seem impossible for you, number one, let God take the lead. Let God take the lead. Sometimes when circumstances seem impossible, we submit to everything but God. Yeah, he becomes like last on the list after we tried everything. Circumstances seem impossible to our intellectual way of thinking because of what's not happening inside of you, inside of us, in our spiritual way of thinking. When things seem impossible, we follow the things we've learned through society, through the world. We follow what we see and hear to man's point of view of what life should be like. And the, Israel, the Israelites only heard of this land, this promise, through man, through the elders and through the spies. And for us, we'll follow the statisticians of the world's finances. Uh, we'll follow what a TV show host would tell us. We can also be influenced by a TV reality show. We'll listen to man. But where's God in this? Where's God? See, the Israelites were in the wilderness and God was with them. The Ark of the Covenant, it represented God's spirit. And he used, it, and he used Moses as a leader to lead them. But God wanted to take them out of their misery, out of their wilderness. 
and into His promised land. And God wants the same for you and I. He's always with you. He's always with us. And He wants us to live life at its best. He wants that for us. And in our difficulties, God wants to do something in us that maybe we've never done before. Maybe we've never done this before. And it is to trust and obey Him. Joshua told the Israelites to follow the ark, to follow the Lord. Because God was going to take them where they've never passed before. He wanted to do something new. He wanted to do something different within them. And He wants to do that for us. Before we met Jesus, my wife and I, we, we used to argue a lot. And I was going to say beef, but... You know. Argue sounds better. <laughs> so we had our disagreements, and, and, and we still do. We still disagree on some stuff. But while I attended the men's ministry with Pastor Ed, um, I would confide in him, and I would talk to him, and I would, I would just throw up on him and give him all my problems. And, and I talked to him about our arguments, and I talked to him about my temper. And he would say this to me. <clears throat> he said, hey, Charlie, You got to get rid of your thinking. You're still thinking like the old man, your old self. You got to get rid of that. Get rid of that thinking. You know what? You got to follow Jesus. And I was still new to this Christian stuff. And and I wasn't taking correction very well at that time. (laughs) So I'm thinking, Pastor, you stay out of your mind. What is that advice? Follow Jesus. That's the best he got. What is that advice going to do for me when I'm arguing with my wife and she winning? <laughs> What's that going to do? So I'm thinking this, right? And then he comes up with this one. He says, hey, brother. Just because you think you're right, or even if you're right, that no give you the right to argue with her. The next time you're arguing with her, Try inviting Jesus into your argument. Go try that. So now I'm thinking, this guy is off his rocker. (laughs) Something wrong with this guy. Well, that night we're home and, of course, we're getting into a little spat and things are heating up. And I turned to my wife and I remember what Pastor Ed told me. So I turned to her, stop, stop. Let's invite Jesus. Let's pray. She looks at me like I'm crazy. (laughs) She turns to me, she goes, you cannot do that, that's not fair. You cannot bring Jesus into this. But then we prayed and all of a sudden we start laughing about the incident and and everything calms down and I thought in my mind, wow, that bugger worked, man. (laughs) It works. But God did something different in my heart. And that's what he wanted to do for the Israelites and for us as we go through some difficult times. When we allow Jesus to take the lead in our lives, he will show you and direct you to places that you've never been before. And he'll do something new within you. Sometimes we just need to obey. And sometimes we just need to call on him in prayer and let him take the lead. The prophet prophet Jeremiah puts it this way. From Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me, 
And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. The Israelites needed to take their dependency off of Moses and begin to trust and put their dependency on the Lord. They needed to heed his instructions and allow God to take the lead and take them through the river. This morning, I want to ask you this question. What's your river? What's your circumstances that seem so impossible to cross right now? In your difficulties, who are you depending on? Yourself? Or do you call out to the Lord? What is God asking you to do that you've never done before? Maybe, just maybe, we need to trust in Jesus and let Him take the lead and let Him take us through this time of difficulties. See, God wants to lead us. He led the Israelites. See, the question for us today is, will we obey and will we trust in Him with our difficult situations? Or do we do it on our own? Because they did it for 40 years. The psalmist writes it this way in Psalms 37, 3 to 6. He says, Trust in the Lord. And do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him. And he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light. And your justice as the noonday. Give God your problems. Let him lead and and trust that that he'll do a new thing in you. Give him a try. Give him a try. And call on him when things seem impossible for us to do. The Israelites did it. They called on him. And what seemed impossible, God made possible for them. That's your second point for today. When circumstances seems impossible, number two, God will do the possible. God will do the possible. Let's look at Joshua 3, verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. See, God can... Do the possible when things seem impossible to us. And a lot of times we think things are, aren't possible um, because of how we, we perceive things, how we look at things. Joshua prepared the people and then he instructed them, Hey, consecrate yourself. And that word consecrate means to be set apart for a specific person or a specific purpose. That's what consecrate means. And they consecrated themselves. And God was saying that I'm setting you apart for myself. He was going to reveal his promised land to them. And they needed to renew their ways. They needed to renew their minds. And the way they perceived things. Remember, these people have been in the wilderness for 40 years. 
And that's all they knew. It was their lifestyle. This was a new generation that God had had raised. These people had the wilderness mentality. And in order for them to see, listen, the promises of God, they had to get rid of their old wilderness ways of thinking. Ten of the spies came back with a a negative report of the land. And that's what they heard. That's what they clinged on to. That's what was in their mind when when they came to the Jordan River. They had the no can do attitude in them. No can do. And maybe we've got the same perception. We have the no can do attitude. But God wants to do wonders amongst us. And he wants to renew our minds of how we perceive our circumstances. First, he wants us to trust in him to lead us. That's what he wants to do. And secondly, he wants to build our faith in him. To allow the possible to happen. He wants us to have the can-do attitude. And if you don't have faith enough to step into your river, step into your faith then you will never see the promised land. You will never see the promises of God. Just recently, my, <clears throat> my faith and, and uh, my trust was tested in the Lord. And for many years, I've struggled with financial difficulties. And um, I was a very poor steward of my finances. And I live with the, the Hawaiian mentality. You know, the happy-go-lucky mentality. You guys know that one. Live for, the, live for today and worry tomorrow. And that was my motto. Live for today and worry tomorrow. I was in financial debt. And I never thought that I'd get out of it. And when I came on board as a staff member, um, I took that to Pastor Steve. And he gave me some very good sound advice for finances. So I told my wife, and my wife and I prayed on it, and then we got on this debt-free plan, and we um, stick, we stuck to it, and and it, 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 we stuck to it for years, you know. And I was going about just doing my job as a pastor, not worrying about my financial difficulties because um, it 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 took so long. You know, I thought I was in the wilderness at that time. And then one day, my wife comes to me and says, "Hey, I got a letter here." And it says you're debt free. You're debt free. And oh man, that sounded so good to me. So time goes by and I, I'm still not paying attention to it. My wife is paying attention to our finances. And, and I'm just going about doing what the, a pastor does. And, and all of a sudden she, she takes it upon herself to check into our, our credit score. And she does. And she finds out that my credit score is, is doing well now. And it's good. So, without telling me, she goes and finds out um, if we qualify for a pre-loan to, to buy a home. And she goes and does that. And then, um, two weeks after that, she's making appointments for me to go see homes that's for sale. <laughs> and in me, I'm thinking, what are you thinking? You know, because I had the no-can-do mentality. I never thought that I'd get out of financial difficulties. I never thought that I'd be able to buy a home. 
I never thought that. But it was through my wife's faith in God that increased my faith in God. And I can say this, and I'm not bragging, I'm just giving glory to God. That as of seven months ago, we bought a brand new home that we can call our own. That is all God. It's not easy. It isn't. But sometimes we just need to renew our minds and we just need to say, can do. Can do and trust in the Lord. The psalmist writes, this, writes it this way in Psalm 69, 14 and 15. He says, rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me, from the deep waters. Do not let the flood waters engulf me or the depths swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. You know, and I, I read that and I thought, oh, this guy is in desperate need. But you know what? When we approach God with our circumstances, it doesn't show a sign of weakness in us. It shows a sign of faith in us that says, I need you, Lord. I need you. If you're struggling with circumstances, then give it to God and let Him take the lead. Have faith in Him and do the possible. Um, have faith in Him to do the possible when things seem impossible for you and I. Or when we give Him our trust, our faith to do the possible. Things will become easier for you to follow Him. And then you'll see that He was always with you. And that he will be with you through the thick and thin. That's what he promised Joshua. And I believe that's a word for you and I today. The word that he promised Joshua in Joshua 3, 7. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day, today, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. That they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. When circumstances of life seems difficult, believe in Him. And He'll do the possible with you. He needs you. When you do that, you know that He will always be with you. And here's your last point for today. When your circumstances seem impossible, number three, God empowers us to finish through our obedience. God empowers us to finish through our obedience. You see, God will allow circumstances in our lives that we cannot manage on our own. He will. Why? It's so that He can empower us by increasing our faith to overcome the obstacles. And we overcome them and we gain faith through obedience. He did it with the Israelites. The priests and the Levites were at the edge of the raging Jordan. And then about 900 meters away stood 2 million Israelites just watching the priests, and just waiting for what was going to happen. 
And I think at that time they heard the slogan of Nike. Just do it. But seriously, at that very moment, God empowered the priests and he empowered the Levites to step into the river. And then God did the impossible. He split the river. God can do the same with us. He will empower you to your obedience. Joshua 3.13 And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off. The waters that come down from upstream and they shall stand as a heap. And I can just imagine these guys' faces. That as soon as the priests stepped into the edge of the water, all of us are, you know, just like Moses to Chelsea Heston, you know. Imagine when God did that. That the rivers was, was flowing and all of a sudden the water stops and it stands out of heat. And the rest of the water just keeps flowing all the way down. And for miles, the Israelites would cross over. Circumstances seem impossible to us because of our level of faith that we have to trust God. But the fact that we spend time in prayer, communicating with Him, means that we are growing in faith. And it is in that way that God empowers you and I. I'd say this. Spend time with God in prayer. And call upon His name through your times of difficulties. You see, I can share God's Word with you. I can share the principles with you of how to to do it. How to persevere through your circumstances when it seems difficult. I can share that with you. But ultimately, it'll be God who empowers you to do it. And He doesn't chew your obedience by the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 3, 6. Paul says it this way. I planted, Apollo watered, but God gave the increase. He will empower you. And God gives the increase of faith and He'll empower you to overcome any circumstances, no matter how big or how small. He'll be there with you to any river that you face, empowering you to cross over to the promises that He has in store for you. And I pray that you would trust in Him to lead you to all of this. I pray that you would trust in Him to lead you to there. And not just through your, your times, your hard times, And not just for today, but for the rest of your lives. That you would begin to trust Him. Have faith in Him to do the possible when things seem impossible to us. I'd encourage you to to get into a daily time with God through devotions and, and through prayer. Because it's through devotions and prayer that we gain faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He will empower you. To go through your rivers, to go through your circumstances. Today, I think we all agree that God uses our circumstances to reveal His mercies. 
to reveal His power. But most of all, to reveal His love for you and I. That we may call upon Him and depend on Him and not just self. And because He will empower us through the circumstances, I'd say be encouraged and know that God will do all things for the good to those who love the Lord. And remember, no matter what difficulties you may go through, Philippians 4.13 ensures us this, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Amen? You may close your Bibles and put away your notes. And would you bow your hearts in prayer with me this morning? Heavenly Father, you've, you've shared a tough word today, Lord God, and you've given us some principles of, of how we can get through some tough times, especially when we, we don't see the end, Lord God, and there's, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. We will experience those times, you said, Lord God, but, but you also said that you have overcome the world and that we can trust in you. There's a lot of times where our situations, Lord God, seems bigger. And a lot of times we would do everything else but call on you. Well, today I pray, Lord God, that our first resource would be you. I pray that we'd allow you to lead us. Today you may be here for the first time and you say, well, how do I, how do, I do that? How do I allow God to lead me in my life? How do I allow God to to help me with my circumstances? Well, the Bible says, ask and you shall be given. And it also says that the word is near us. It is in our mouth. That if we would confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How do we... How do we do that? How do we allow God to lead us? Ask Him. Ask Him. And if you've never done that before in your life, then today I want to say a prayer, and it's, uh, I'll say it, and you could say it with your, with your heart, or you could say it aloud. That's up to you, because God hears you. Because God sees the heart. And if you say it with your heart, then believe that God will lead you and He will direct your paths. And He will show you His promises that He has in store for each and every one of us. So I will say a prayer and you could say it. And the prayer goes something like this. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Would you lead my life? Teach me. Help me to become a person. That you created. Today I choose. I choose you, Jesus, to be my Lord and my Savior. Lead my life. Do the possible within me and empower me to the power of your Holy Spirit that I may know you, the one true God in Jesus name 
with heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you this morning and you, you've said that prayer for the very first time. I'd ask that you just, just raise a hand so that I can pray over you. God bless you. God bless you, brother, right there. God bless you, sister. God bless you, sister. Bless you, sister, back there. God bless you back there. God bless you, brother, right here. God bless you. Father, you see the hands. We see it, Lord God, but actually you see their hearts. And Father, they're crying out to you. And Lord, sometimes we may be in the wilderness and we're looking at difficult times, but I pray, Father, that it is not through their difficult times, but through times like this, that they will hear the word of God and it will touch them inside, Lord God, to the power of your Holy Spirit. And they'd call upon you to be a part of their life faithfully, Lord God. So, Lord, today I lift them up to you. Would you bless them? Would you watch over them? Would you speak to them to your kind and still and gentle voice, Lord God, that they may know thee, the one true God. Empower them through the power of your Holy Spirit, that they may persevere through life as you see it and not as man sees it, that they may see every promise that is in store for their lives through your Son, Jesus Christ. It is in his name that I pray and all would say, Amen. Amen.